Hello and welcome to episode 25 of North Point Plus. Is there anything significant with 25? No, I heard we keep riffing about like what episode it is. I know. <laughs> People are just fast forwarding past that. So we're at 25. Oh, dear. Boom. I'm gonna I'm gonna riff on that forever now. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never be able to skip past it. Yeah, there you go. Uh well, they get their wish. Well, I guess we'll move past it. Uh this is our follow-up podcast uh for messages on Sunday morning. So we gather together as a church, we get together Sunday mornings, we worship, fellowship, do all the fun stuff, and this podcast is just more fun stuff, yeah. more opportunities to continue the conversation. Uh, answer questions and just work through all that. Yeah. So I gotta say, uh, we did the prayer thing on Sunday, and I thought that was really cool. Oh yeah, that was a blast. Yeah, that, that was, was so cool to see God work that yeah. way. <clears throat> I really like that. It was different. It was, it was look. I mean, it's not super creative. It was a little yeah. creative, but it was just uh, intentional time. And yeah, uh, it touched me. I was tearing up and like feeling it, watching people and like yeah. knowing and feeling that love yeah. and just praying for others. And oh yeah, that was incredible. That was cool. I'm yeah. glad we did that. Yeah, I was talking to someone afterwards, and I was. It's it's so cool. I mean, when, when we talk through and we kind of plan what the service looks like inevitably on Sunday mornings we always have this moment where it's like we're so bad at this <laughs> this is yeah. going to go so poorly yeah. um, and I love those moments because always God just shows up and right. does great things right. and I love being able to look at that and be like that's not anything that we did that's all God just showing up and working and it's just awesome to sit yeah. back and watch God do stuff like that. Yeah, I went to a, a leadership conference in Indianapolis my buddy puts on at their mm. church. It was, it was great. It was really, really cool, and he, he did a phenomenal job, and they had a speaker from uh, Tennessee, and if I were a better individual, I would remember that speaker's name, <laughs> but I'm not. So uh, he had a quote, and his whole story was talking about how when he was younger, he wanted to do great things for God, mm. um, and how he went to this huge speaking engagement, and everything seemed to go wrong, and he kept asking, how am I going to do great things for God? How am I going to do great things for God if I can't have this, if I can't do that, if I can't, if I can't, I can't. Yep. Um, and he got like discouraged because it didn't go the way he wanted it to go. He goes back home and he opened up this book that he had ordered and on the very first page said, hey, young people in ministry a lot of times want to do great things for God. Instead, why don't they just try doing things for a great God? Mm. And like he, it was like he just came off the stage and was like, and just punched Ouch. me in the face. And I was like, ow, well, that's why I drove down to Indianapolis. Very cool. Thanks. Yeah, that Thanks. hurts that in good. a really good way, but it yeah. still hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Man, well. that's awesome. That's a cool perspective. Yeah, so Sunday was great, um, and part of Sunday, obviously, was the message, and we talked about hatred. Yeah, how fun. <laughs> Welcome to church. We're so glad to worship God. Let's talk about hate. Yes. yes. So give us the 30-second uh, the 30 second summary on hatred yeah. that you unpacked on Sunday. So Proverbs actually has a lot about hate. That was an yeah. interesting thing to see. And there's this whole section in your sandwich of these verses that are like, hey, God hates this stuff. <laughs> and they put it in a unique way. The six things God hates, wait, nope, seven are an abomination to him. And even yeah. that word, abomination, yeah. right? Strong word. Oh, man, it's a fun word. Um, <laughs> yes. So uh, we went through it, and it was just really based on this whole idea that when we hate the things that God hates, we actually learn to love mm. better yeah. because the things that God hates are not things rooted in love. Yeah, that that to me was like the big, yeah. the big kicker on that. And so yep. uh, when we hate the things God hates, well, then naturally our instinct is going to be to love better, I mm. think. Yeah, that's great. And yeah. yeah, there's so many things in that I want to unpack, but they're in the questions. So we got a bunch of questions. We got some quotes and different things submitted and comments submitted. So the quotes and comments are great. It helps yeah. us. We, we were talking about this morning. It's good stuff. We're going to talk about the questions. Uh, and so the first question I think is really important. You touched on in the message, but I think it's worth unpacking a little more here. How is God's hatred, how, how is God's hate different than our hate? Because you opened the message with the BuzzFeed article, the great research yeah. <laughs> that you could cite on your uh, academic research papers <laughs> of the fifth, like the top 50 things that everyone universally hates, stubbing your toe, yeah. um, getting snagged on the door handle with yeah. your belt loop. Um, I'm trying to think of the one that had the biggest response. 
What was the one that had the most? There was fun? a lot of fun ones. The mosquitoes were fun. Yes. Uh, the slow internet speeds. The one that you know, like got quiet was when I said, you know, that one person that always asks you to get something. Well, the moment you sit down, and it was like you saw every husband like yes. go like this. Like, Don't raise my hand. Keep my hands down, right? And the as wife was just looking. It was so fun seeing from this angle. As husbands, we are equipped with the sixth sense of seeing when other husbands are psychologically raising their hands, yeah. and every husband's yeah. hand went up. It was like tense and straight eye contact. Contact. Like, if I flinch, she'll know. It was so good. It was so good. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was great to connect. You know, we have hatred of all these random things. And it's yeah. just like when we talk about love. Like, we love pizza. Right. We love our wives. We love, you know, any number of things. Mm-hmm. And really, our love is so different from God's love. Right. So how is our hatred different than God's hatred? Yeah, um, ours is broken and his is perfect, if we're just going to put it quite simply. Yep. Uh, man, we, we're broken because sin broke. Everything like it, it broke our world. Uh, that's why we have disease. It's why we have um, uh, pandemics and plagues. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You'll find out war. Hey, there you go. Yep. Welcome to 2022. Yep. Uh, and so, like all this brokenness, but we're broken in it too. Um, yeah. Sin has broken us. It's broken our perspective, and that we don't see the world the way it was created to be. Yeah. Um, but our Creator does. Yeah. Right. And that makes a ton of sense. And so, when God hates, He hates rightly. He mm. hates perfectly. He hates yep. the right things uh, because those are the things that in essence are opposite of who he is. So we talked yep. about this a little bit um, in whatever we're calling the North North Point Extra Plus. <laughs> yeah, the other thing that we're doing. That we're doing. <laughs> um, uh, this idea that, that in God's sovereignty and perfection, uh, all of the attributes of God are not things that he's achieved, mm. but are things that are an outpouring of who he is. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. the same way with his hate. His hate is an outpouring of who he is because his hate is against the things that are against him. Mm. Um, and our hate is not always rooted in that. Our hate can be rooted in jealousy. It can be rooted mm. in greed. It can be rooted in pride. It can be rooted in all of those things right. um, at times. Um, and so God's hate is rooted in love, and at times ours is not. At times it absolutely mm-hmm. is. At times, it right. absolutely is. Like right. right now, watching what's going on in Ukraine, I hate that. So many of us hate that, and that right. is a good, righteous kind of hate that God has. Right. Um, but my hate for uh, maybe a specific college football team <laughs> with blue and yellowish colors or something like that may not fully be rooted in righteous hate. It just may be rooted in my upbringing. Be. You know, some of it. Might some be. might be. <laughs> Usually, it's anger, frustration, or those kinds of things. Yeah. But you know. Yeah, I think the the biggest difference that I that I there's two big differences. I mean, there's many differences, but there's two big differences that I usually pull out when it comes to the, the difference between God's hate and our hate. And I usually go to uh, our hatred is usually petty, yeah, and reactive. Oh yes, and God is not either of those things. God is not a petty God, and God is not a God that says, "Well, Jake did this. Now I hate Jake. Right now, Jake's on my bad list." Like that's not the type of God that we serve. Right. That he's He's petty and is looking for ways to to hate on things. It's right. motivated, <clears throat> which I think you talked about in your message. Like the coolest thing when thinking about God's hate is that God's hate is loving. Oh yeah, it's loving for God to hate yeah. a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. Because if God doesn't hate those things, then God doesn't truly love the people that are affected by those things. Right. Which is just like yeah, in a similar way to that. Like I love when the Bible talks about that God hates, and I love when it talks about that He's a jealous God. Right, right, because we think right. jealousy is a bad thing. Right, high school boyfriends. Those, oh yeah, yeah, right. All of those things. Like I'm jealous because she's with him, or that he got right. this car, or they, they, blah, 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 blah. But like his jealousy is good. His yeah. jealousy is right, just like his yeah. hate is right. Yeah, and it's all rooted in love. Like yeah. that's it's a jealous, perfect love, yeah. and it is a perfect loving hate. I yeah. guess I don't. I, yeah, it like, sounds man. so counterintuitive 
because we're so used to yeah. the broken hatred around right. us where we hate because of skin color or politics or any number of 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 characteristics yeah. that are thrown out and that's not what god hates right god's hate is rooted in love for others my hate is rooted in love for me mm. in a lot of ways there it is there's oh. a quote Man. it's good stuff stickers and buttons here we come <laughs> that's pretty much all we're good for <laughs> uh all right this is a, this is a great question um and I'm going to, these next two questions are similar, so I'm going to try to to narrow the focus for each of them so that they're slightly different. Um, how should we respond to people that we believe are doing things that God hates? And so the way I want to narrow this is people that are directly around us in our influence. So family members, a spouse, a, a, a close friend. How do we respond to those people when we see them doing things that God, that we just read in Proverbs, these are the things that God hates? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's that's such a hard question in some ways because I think you could take them all individually and say, hey, here's some right. appropriate responses. Right. Uh, shedding innocent blood, for instance, should have a pretty drastic response. Right. I would go back to the same thing we just said about God, though, in the idea of whatever your response is, mm. it's still got to be rooted in love. Right. Right. Like that, like that is right. the thing. I see people around me that are doing things that I hate, and if my response to them is to hate them, is mm. to be angry at them, uh, not a righteous anger, but a selfish anger at yep. them, then my response is not going to be good. Um, but if I can look at somebody who is dealing with with pride or lying or whatever it may be, or, or they're trying to sow up discord, right? Like they're just yep. trying to be that uncle who's always talking about politics at Thanksgiving and you know better, <laughs> Uncle Al. What are you doing? I don't have an Uncle Al, so I can use that. Everyone's one. got some sort of uncle. Everybody's <laughs> got that uncle. It's never the aunt. It's always the uncle. That's not true. But like... <laughs> I think it's fine in love to be able to pull aside and say, hey, like, hey, Uncle Al, look, you know where people are at with all of these things. Right. You know we're all not on the same perspective. We all love each other. Right. Man, I'm not saying don't bring up politics. I'm just saying if you're going to do it, do it in a very loving and accepting manner that right. recognizing it's just going to be different. If you're going to be hateful, if you're going to be this or that, I don't want to be around you this Thanksgiving and I'll probably leave the room. Right. Like there's maturity in that. There's love in that. There's those kinds of things. Um, and there can be respect. And maybe Uncle Al still goes off the rails. Right. Cool. I've done my piece. I'm out. Right. Like that's how I would handle those kinds of situations. And I think that's, I think that's loving. Now, and it's all to say in all of these situations, once again, the seven things you're going to handle them all a little bit different. It just right. has to come back to a, a yeah. wisdom and, and a loving thing. And Proverbs is full of wisdom to be able to tell you how to do that. Yes, it is. Yeah. I think that, I think that's great. I think understanding, like you said, that there's, there's basically ways to triage the different issues. Like if there's hands that shed innocent blood, you might call the police. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that might be a way please, that you respond in love please do. <laughs> to that person um, to get authorities involved. If someone is, you know, a, if someone is lying, there's a difference between have they been embezzling funds from their company for 10 years or are they, is it a child telling a lie? Like the, there's a different response to those yeah, things right? Um, and how we handle that. Obviously always doing that in love. Um, and I think that's what I think is so key about you pointed out that, you know, Solomon kind of writes this out and has this emphasis of it's really the seventh thing that I want us to focus on most. Right. And that's why you call out like, is it six things? No, it's seven things yeah. of having that discord between brothers um, because that is such an important thing, especially for us in the church of how we interact as a body um, to really treasure the unity in that. And that's part of the conversation. I mean, we've had many conversations as staff of like, okay, how do we talk about things that we all disagree on or all, all we all disagree with? We all have different views on it. And how do we talk about those things while bringing unity to the church rather than sowing division with people? Because right. um, that's really difficult. 
to, to work through things where it's like, hey, you have this view on, you know, whatever it is. End times theology. Someone lines up differently than I do. How do I enter into a discussion with that person intentionally not sowing discord between me and my brother mm-hmm. or to show discord between me and the church is a really tricky thing that we often just fall into the trap of just being divisive. Yeah, <laughs> that's easy. It's so easy to just be divisive rather right. than to approach those. There is a way to have those conversations that actually unifies the church. Yeah. Rather than divides the church, right, right, and it's uh, this is one of my. I'm gonna toot the North Point horn here for a second, right? Because that is a value here. Yep. Like we say that at Second Sunday, if you've been in on staff in the interview process, like yep. those things come up. We discuss that of, of yep. what are the core theology things, what are the big rocks for us, what's secondary theology. Yep. Um, and that's diverse in eldership. It's diverse in staff. It's diverse in the congregation. And I would argue a healthy manner. That doesn't mean that it's not times that there's flare-ups or things to address, right? right? right. Um, but like we, I mean, we have staff meetings, we have those kinds of things, and it's fun to watch in a um, touch base staff meeting us joke about these theological yeah. things from time to time yep. uh, and high five and laugh about right. them, right? Because we're all on some different pages on those things, and there's some right. health in that. Um, but I think it's easy to be able to say, uh, like any hard topic, right? We can get angry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we can choose to ignore it, right? Or we can just talk about it. Right. And that talking about it doesn't mean that we agree. Like it's okay right. to say, "Hey, we don't fully right. agree on this one," and we're going to go our separate manners because we recognize that that at the core, for theology, there's secondary theology issues, yep. and we're in love, and we can be able to do those things. Um, and I think that's okay to do a church to be able to say, um, "Hey, you do groups differently than I would want you to do groups." Right. It's okay. Like, right. That's okay. You can right. talk about it. We can have that conversation. That's great. This is so where we're going to land. You do children's ministry different. You do music different. You do yep. whatever different, how you are in the community. We think it should be done this way or mm-hmm. this or that, but you know, you guys spend all your time podcasting. I don't know, like whatever <laughs> it may be, uh, that's okay. Like we can, we right. can, we can have a difference of opinion, um, but if we love each other, we care about each other, it's still going to be rooted in saying, ah, I think we're doing the best we can. And right. I can hear that from love, right? Right. And you right. can tell tone, you can read a room, you can do all of that as well. So yeah. That's great. All right. Um, next question that's somewhat similar, but again, I think I, I want to change the scope of it. So when we see one of the things that God hates, what is the best course of action? So rather than this being focused on our local area of influence, okay. friends, family, when we see something that God hates, let's say globally, you brought up Ukraine. Right. What's the, what's the best course of action? What do we do when we see countries invading other countries? Hands are shedding innocent blood. Right. We know that God hates that. What do we in small DeWitt, Michigan do when there's this global turmoil taking right. place? All right, so I'm going to give the quick church answer because it's still the most powerful answer, and that is pray, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, that sounds like it's easy to be like, we'll just pray over it, right? Uh, but right. when prayer moves, it works, it really does, because there are yeah. things that I cannot do over in the Ukraine right now. Right. I can't. I just can't. I'm I'm, right. I'm over here in the middle of Michigan, and I can't do some of those kinds of things. But God right. can and is capable. Right. And we know, rooting through Scripture, it is the most powerful thing that we can really do. So I, I highly encourage, like, pray when your hands are tied and you can't actually do things. Pray. Right. On the flip side, of that when there are actual things you can do, pray anyway. Right. Like, right. like God into that still. Like, let's not yeah. just use it as the well. I did my best. Now it's right. up to you, God. No, like God, let me be able to use that. Mm. Let me be able to do these kinds of things. So. I think when you see these things, prayer is the starting ground. Yep. Um, I think if there's things that you can take the course of action to be able to, to fight against hate or injustice or you see those things, like uh, if we see it in government, we're fortunate to have a vote. 
Mm. We're fortunate to be able to talk to our, our representatives and be able right. to do those things or um, speak out against them. We have platforms like social media. Once again, do it in love. Let's not mm-hmm. just like ring the bell and, and spew hate because right. people think differently than we do, even if they think wrong, because right. I'm the only one who's right. So everybody else is obviously wrong. Okay, there you it's go. It's been established. It's been established. There you go. We <laughs> podcasted. So, um, we have the ability to do that. So think yeah. through, be educated. Uh, I would argue listening is still a big part of that mm. um, because we are nowhere near as smart as we think we are. Mm. It's the whole pride. God hates pride. It's interesting that that one came so early on yep. in there. But when I can set my, my pride aside and be able to say, okay, here's what I think, and I'm obviously right, but I'm willing to listen to you, Mark, and then right. you're going to tell me something, and I'm going to go, okay, it didn't change my view, but it totally modified it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, there are actually instances that that would make sense. So maybe as we create laws or we do things or we put rules or parameters (coughs) up in society, we do it in a very intricate way or we're not so we're vague in some areas, we're strict in others and we go back and forth and that's, that's healthy. I think, I think that's healthy. I think so. Yeah. I think the, where you started, I think is, is key. I think too often we treat I'll speak for myself. Too often, I treat prayer as the last line of defense. Yeah, I've exhausted all my other options. I guess now I'll pray, and it's like, oh man, like Mark, if you could just <laughs> flip that script yep. so that you start with prayer every time. We just, I think, again, I'll speak for myself. I just doubt the power of prayer right. in my daily life, where it affects globally what's going on, it affects locally what's going on, it affects personally what's going on, because it's so easy for me to tangibly affect change by going and doing something right i can go and work out and i can physically change and diet and do do all those things and prayer does prayer really do anything when it comes to my diet or to my physical health when i can see these results and so my brain just goes to you don't really need to pray like prayer will be your last line of defense and i think i think especially in america that is the trap we fall into all the time of we'll pray when we need to pray which is down the road but we'll exhaust all of our other options it's like Man, if that was the perspective that the early church had oh, when man. they were trying to spread the gospel, like, yeah. oh my gosh, how different would that have been yeah. if they didn't just default to prayer? And so, yeah, when it comes to Russia and Ukraine and, and global sex trafficking right. and slavery and all these things that are going on, it's like, gosh, what can one person do? One person can pray. Right. And God's word says that the prayer of a righteous person affects yeah. change. It brings, and man, like, that's hopefully is an encouragement. Right. And I think it's good to educate yourself too, right? Yeah. Like it's very easy to think, oh, that doesn't happen here. Right. Right. Well, that's not necessarily true, actually. Right. And there's lots of people crying out for that. There's great organizations we partner with as a church that would say, hey, look at all the statistics that are right. happening here. Right. Not over there, not just in Europe, not not in Mexico, not wherever right. else, Canada, all around us, like here right. in Michigan, in the greater Lansing area. Um, so educate yourself. You know, I've had multiple conversations, and I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, over everybody being in quarantine, they created a hand gesture for that was the help me sign. Um, and we actually talked about this as a staff here recently because we thought it was helpful for us to be able to know. Um, but that's just when people were on video conferences and stuff, and they would be in abusive situations mm. that they could not get out of because of quarantine or whatever else. And it was like, well, how do you communicate that out? And yeah. so they created that help me sign, which was very simply uh, putting your hand together, tucking your thumb, and then covering it up. Mm. And they would do that on video calls. And it became more of a sign for domestic abuse, mm. but it was a sign that was just help me on those kinds of things. Mm. Man, that's an incredible thing just to know that. Yeah. Now, yeah. here's the thing. I might not be able to do a whole lot in there, but I can contact somebody who can when I see those kinds of things. So right. prayer, but also educating yourself uh, on these kinds of things to recognize yeah. the world is still broken. Uh, 
and it expands your bubble, pops your bubble at times to know that too. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think going along with that, understanding that you you are not meant to take on the problems of the world by yourself. No. That's why we are put in the church, right. and that's why the church is put in the whole world. So, like we've we've talked about on Sunday, we talked about we had missionaries. We've had missionaries all over the world that are affected by this kind of turmoil, and we are still able to contact them and support them and 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 care for them in that way. Um, and that can look like you writing them a note. It can look like you supporting the the or supporting them through giving. It can look like just praying for that specific missionary uh, pair or whatever whatever it might be. So it's 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 it should take so much pressure off of us to know that it's we're not designed to take care of it by ourselves and to remember that God is always taking care of it and that right. that should relieve <laughs> all the pressure that doesn't really help us accomplish anything anyway sure so sure all right um last question when someone we know has an issue with God's hatred so we know we live in a culture where we don't like a God that hates things. Yeah. We like a God that loves things. Right. So when we know someone that has an issue with God's hatred, how do we best talk through that obstacle with them and help them understand God better? So you have that friend, that family member that talks about, you know, I, I just can't worship a God that hates this group of people, a God that's done these things like he did in the Old Testament or whatever it might be. How do we help walk that person through that type of obstacle in their life? Yeah, um, relationship right (laughs) yeah uh so like people would come to me and say hey i can't help i can't serve a god Mm. uh that hates people who uh are transgender Mm. uh, or in a homosexual relationship or whatever that may be um and then i think my usual first response is well is that what you the perception you have of me Mm. that i hate those people Mm. that i'm those kinds of people because if that's the perception you have of me and you're saying that's the god that i'm serving like why would I serve a God that hates people like that? No, my God loves people like that, and that's how I can actively love somebody regardless of yeah. uh, their choices that are in there because my God loves me even though I make bad choices, even though I have that. So so we may disagree and say, hey, uh, how you do your marriage, how you do your sexuality, how you do your finances, how you do mm-hmm. whatever it is, uh, is broken, and it's not the way that God designed it to be, but that's not going to stop the way that he loves you. Mm-hmm. He hates those things because those things are separating you from him and he desperately wants to be close to you right but it's all going to come ultimately through his son and, yeah. and recognize it's once again you don't have to change to get to jesus but the closer you get to yeah. jesus you are going to change because you're going to be yeah. more like him so i think it's that context of, of un- relationship um to start yep. and understanding what truly is love what mm. truly is the right kind of hate what does that yeah. look like um, and then when we recognize that God is perfect in his love and perfect in his hate, and then we can communicate that. And the more we're living it out, right? We talked about endorsement mm. on Sunday, the things that we endorse yep. um, and being able to have a platform based on those kinds of things. Yep. That's going to be it because ultimately how people see God is going to be through us. Mm. It's not necessarily going to be through their reading of scripture because most of the time people aren't doing that anyway. Right. It's going to be through us and how we live our lives. So if we're showing what real genuinely good hate looks like <laughs> sounds so weird to say that I know. <laughs> but good yeah. hate uh, and real love looks like yeah authentically because we've been changed to look more like christ yep they're not gonna they're not gonna want to stand against that they're gonna fall in love with that yeah yeah i think it's 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 key in walking through this issue to and you this was like your last point in the message that the things that god hates when it, you know we talk about that god hates there's you know there's passages in psalms and in proverbs that god hates the wicked and god loves the wicked enough to take them from something that he hates yeah. to something that he loves mm-hmm. and that like 
it's so easy for us to point the finger at other things like, well, it looks like God hates this, God hates this, God hates this. And it's, we don't like to point that finger at ourselves. Right. Um, and so I like, that's where I try to, I try to point that finger at myself and say, okay, like I know who I was before Christ and I know who I (laughs) still am, even in Christ, the things that God has me working through. Um, and that God loves me enough to take me from something that should be discarded right. that should be totally judged under his wrath and turn me into something that he loves and it's not even turn me into something that he loves because he loves me when i'm under his like when i am an enemy of god when i that's like i guess what i'm trying to say is whenever i talk about this issue i'm trying to remind myself am i talking about this from my perspective or am i really sharing what the bible says about god sure. where 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 the bible says that god loves the worst of us. God loves sinners. God loves murderers and adulterers and all this long list of horrible, horrible actions in people. And God loves them enough to not leave them where they're at, right. to invite them in, to bring them in. And if right. that's not, like you said, like is, is that how the church is treating transgender? Is that how the church is treating, you know, fill in the blank with whatever characteristic you would want to put in? Um, because if that's not how the church is treating them with that type of love, then it's, then it's, that's not modeling what God right. does um, in that type of good hatred, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, my my, uh, my daughter likes to play with Play-Doh, and um, she eats Play-Doh because she's three. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it is, right? <laughs> um, and we're, we're constantly working with her and telling her, like, you can't eat Play-Doh, you can't eat Play-Doh. Uh, luckily, yeah. uh, Play-Doh's not going to kill her, uh, but it's not good for her, right? <laughs> Um, so we're not just going to let her eat Play-Doh, but right. I'm also not going to, like, kick her out of the house when she eats Play-Doh. Right. <laughs> right. Like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> you have to now leave because of that. That's not what yeah. we do. Um, we helped actually recognize uh, there's little ice cream cones that she would put the Play-Doh in, and then it would be like ice cream, and she would lick it. Um, I can't rid of the ice cream cones, if I'm just being honest. <laughs> She's going to watch this years from now and go... Ah, that's I what happened to my it. ice cream cones. I knew it, Dad! Um, but, like, I just put them in a different spot so they weren't as easily accessible remove some of that temptation and she's gotten a whole lot better with play-doh but yeah. we've taught her how to do those kinds of things she has changed she's grown she's learned more yeah uh, and she just gets better at it i guess yeah. that's, that's a really terrible analogy in a lot of ways <laughs> but at the same time it's just that idea that man she's changed she's grown she's yeah. learned we didn't kick her out from the side but we took the time to invest in her because we said hey this yeah. wasn't good for you there's yeah. a better way and yeah. i think that's the same thing the love doesn't change from God, but the yep. closer we get to him, he's showing us what you're doing is a destructive path. And I've got yep. so much better for you. And yep. I'm going to change you into that. Yeah, I think that's the key is, is looking at, you know, take any one of those examples of, you know, uh, a lying. God hates a lying tongue. Mm-hmm. And so God hates that in my life, that when I lie, God sees the destruction that comes from that and says, Mark, I love you too much to let this continue, yeah. to let this keep going on. Like, I see the end path of that. I see the choices that 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 impacts the people in your life it hurts you it hurts your family but you know i see that ripple effect of that one action mm-hmm. and i hate that mm-hmm. in your life yep and so it's because of my love for you in you in your life that i'm choosing <laughs> to hate yep. that thing yeah and draw you closer to me to make you more like me um and that like that should be the overwhelming message that we give to people is when god hates it is love yeah it would be unloving for him not to address that in you. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's great. All right. That's the end. That's the end of the questions. Cool. <laughs> Is there uh, anything anything left unsaid 
on your end. Well, I think that's it, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. on Sunday, have me today. That's more than enough, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Cool. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for the questions. Thanks for submitting everything. Uh, this is a great discussion to continue. Um, if you have other questions, continue to submit those. Otherwise, we'll see you next week.